640 more stimulating talk. It looks like the president has picked a campaign manager for 2020. That ball has started rolling. Also, coming up in Swamp Watch at the bottom of the hour, Melania Trump has parted ways with one of her advisors that caught a bunch of backlash. Ooh, that's right. Uh, recently. So we'll tell you all about that. Also, coming up on Thursday, it is our Gas News and Brews. We are going to be out at JT Schmidt's in Tustin. Come join us 10 to 2. They've got great food there, great beer, and we always have a great time at our news and brews. And stickers. Oh, yeah, we have stickers, too. We do have stickers to give away because nobody else gives us anything else. Wait, bury the lead. Oh, I'm sorry. The stickers are going to get you out there? You gave me 10, and I think I went through them all. Oh. What, yeah. what did you use them I tagged for? the hallway. Oh, I have, great. I have no, noticed no, we're going to get in trouble. Her surreptitious tagging. <laughs> on, on random surfaces around here. And I got to say, I support it wholeheartedly. <laughs> uh, what else is going on? Time for What's Happening. Universal basic income. It looks like, according to a Northeastern University Gallup survey, 48% of Americans now support a universal income. I don't like this. I don't either. Now, there, there's an argument against it. That if you give people a basic income, they'll be lazy, they'll stop doing work. But the proponents of this say that's an insult to the the human condition. That basic incomes tend to increase people's work rather than reduce it. Because you don't have to worry about the uh, the food to put on the table for the kids. You don't have to right. worry about keeping the lights on. Right. And if nothing else, it would allow you, uh, even if it's just a sliver, it would allow you a sliver of wiggle room to try new things, to do different stuff without the threat of, of sheer destitution if failure is in the works for you. And I think that is going to be the case for a fraction of the people. But what about the fraction of the people that will just be lazy and will not have any inspiration to go get work? It's not good for us to do nothing. No. It's it's never good. I, I If there's one thing I would teach my kids, it's that work is good. And this doesn't mean toiling away like you're at Leavenworth cracking rocks with sledgehammers. But but work, but doing something, keeping yourself busy, that's got to be a constant thing. Uh, and I, I, I don't like the idea of universal basic income. By the way, up in Stockton, they're going to try this. They're, they're doing this with some people, and we'll see how that goes, this uh, well, the mayor, experiment. The mayor ran on this, right? Yeah. He said, if you elect me, and I think he's young, he's in his late 20s or something. Yeah. Uh, if you elect me, we're going to put this in, in motion. So we'll see what happens there. There's a little bit of a weird church cult going down in Pennsylvania. They're having a ceremony. It's for couples. And everyone's invited to bring their semi-automatic rifles because they believe the AR-15 symbolizes the rod of iron in the book of Revelation. Stand by for a second. Um, AR-15. You looking it up in the Bible? Yeah weird it's not in there well the the rod of iron is in there and so that's how they're um, interpreting that i'm even looking in the message which is like the uh the, the common vernacular translation i don't see ar-15 anywhere that's weird the school district there has caught wind of this and they're canceling classes tomorrow because of that ceremony with the ar-15 revelation 
Revelation 12, 5, and 6. Preach. The woman gave birth to a son who will shepherd all nations with an iron rod. Her son was seized and placed safely before God on his throne. The woman herself escaped to the desert, a place of safety prepared by God. Comforts uh, provided her for 1,260 days. Uh, And then Revelation 19, I think this is uh, 15. A sharp sword comes out of his mouth so he can subdue the nations and rule them with a rod of iron. He treads the winepress of the raging wrath of God, the sovereign strong, on his robe and thigh is written, King of King, Lord of Lords. Mm. I wonder why people don't get the Bible. So weird that doesn't say AR-15 there. This is disgusting. In other cult news, a nudist community in Florida. Bless you. She's not going to make it. A nudist community in Florida is picking a fight with a postal service over a carrier that they say refuses to lick the stamp. Sorry, it says uh, refuses to deliver their mail. Residents of an RV resort slash nudist community. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Uh, Monica, you spent a lot of time in Florida. Yes, there were a few nudists. There's a lot of nude areas in Florida. Beaches. Well, I I understand the beaches. Weather-wise, it makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. But if I'm living in an RV community, the last thing I want to see is my neighbors naked. I'm just guessing. But if you live there, you don't mind it. Right? Uh, I'd still mind it. I don't know. You would because you don't live there. (laughs) A carrier for the Postal Service says she refuses to go into this community because she's offended by their naked lifestyle. She says, I'm sorry, the nudist, Eileen, not a sexy (laughs) name, says it offends me that she does not do her job because if she can't do this job, she shouldn't be having this job. I should say that in these nudist communities, it's not like a bunch of... Hot people. No, just no, it's, okay. it's always yeah. the people it's all, you yeah. don't want. Yes, nude. yes, exactly. In fact, you guys, it's one of the other V community. One of the other nudists is named Leonard, which should tell you enough. Uh, the postal creed doesn't say anything about them not coming into a nudist resort. What's your problem with Leonard's and Eileen's? Why can't they be sexy? Name one. Uh, there is a beautiful Eileen on uh, the the local news. Isn't Eileen Davidson? She's a soap star. She's Eileen not. Davidson, yeah. also gorgeous. Uh, let's see, Leonard. Leonard, I had an uncle, Leonard. And he was as hot as a red hot thing. Mm. Right? You had a little something for your uncle? That's weird. Uh, no, that's gross. I'm just saying. Leonard Fournette. <laughs> Okay, you gave me one example in each name. Leonard Little? I just don't know a lot of Leonards, but I just don't want you to be down on on the name and their uh, nudist qualities. Uh, Stan Lee is calling on every single one of the Avengers to find whoever stole a million point four out of his bank account. Detectives working in a specialized unit that deals with elder financial abuse have shown up at the Hollywood Hills mansion of Stan Lee to look into the latest theft. This does sound a little bit like a superhero movie plot. Like there's this old guy and he's powerful and he's got lots of money and lives in this tower. And somebody's (laughs) robbing him from the evil universe so the good guys have to come and stop it. (laughs) I don't know why he just doesn't get Iron Man and one of his computers in there to help him out. That's not real. Says you. Barbara Streisand is cloning her dog, Samantha. She already did it before Samantha died last year. Terrified. That's a lot of money. I 
hoping my wife is not listening. 50000 or as much as 100000 to clone the dog. Have I told you that? So when we watched The Bachelor, was it two weeks ago when the, the taxidermist mm-hmm. was showing her wares? Mm-hmm. She kept looking at me, the TV screen, and the dog. She wants to stuff the dog? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, that's cheaper than cloning no. it. No, we're not stuffing the dog. This is a this is a conversation you need to have with her. I know, but I've tried to have it with her, and that was always my response. It was always, no, we're not stuffing the dog. Not, no, I'll think about it. Well, there are companies that will make you um, a replica of your dog, and so it's not like the actual your dog that you're stuffing. That, that to me would be even that worse. Be That'd be more of an insult because it wouldn't be it wouldn't be exact. You can tell your dog. Okay, that's well, not I can't my help dog. you with this. How old is your dog? He's not even close. It's like yeah. he's five. <laughs> that's what I thought. He's five. He's pretty young. <laughs> what you need to do is get another dog. Oh my god! You know, so that when the first dog passes, it, there's I some. Just keep them overlapped. Yes, by like five or that's six. Exactly five right. Or six years. IHOP free pancakes. National Pancake Day today. Here we go. This is good for all orders placed between 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. No coupon, loyalty program, or other purchase required to get your free pancakes. Mm. We should have had a pancake count because oh. the number of times that you guys have talked about this today. I think that may you, be breakfast need, for dinner. Well, we yeah, talk, you need pancakes in you know, here. We did talk about this when we knew this was coming, I want to say. We were going to go to breakfast and have pancakes, and then Ooh. we didn't. But today is young. I mean... I don't know where the closest IHOP is, but Oscar should. Coming up next, your favorite story of the week so far. Oh, this one bothered me for some reason. Yeah, you got a look on your face like uh, someone slapped your dog. This is a twin story. And I'm not even sure I can explain why it bothered me, but uh, we'll tell you about that twin story when we come back. There's an IHOP not too far away from here. And? Why are you still here? I mean, we can go after the show. Oh, wow. You want me to go now? Can you believe that? I the way know. he treats you? Right? Jerry why do you will stay continue. here with Yeah, this? why are you still... I can hold down the fort, guys. If I'm you leaving. guys want to bring me back some pancakes... I see. Mm-hmm. The twin story when we return to Gary and Shannon. <laughs> and where we Gary and Shannon. Ever since twins Brianna and Brittany Dean were little girls, they dreamed that they would meet Prince Charming together. Two of them. Because <laughs> Brianna and Brittany are identical twins. I have. My daughter actually asked me last night, you ever wonder what it would be like to have a twin? And I don't know how anybody's answer would be No. It would always be weird to know somebody that had uh, this just bizarrely strange and at times indescribable connection to you. Their father had long told them about an annual get-together known as the Twin Days Festival in Twinsburg, Ohio. So when the sisters were in their first year of law school, they decided to attend the festival. They found it a deeply enriching experience. Brittany says we call it the Twin Family it's wonderful to go there every year. It's a magical place, we think. Six years later, after their very first visit to the Twin Days Festival, they met their future husbands, who 
were attending the Twin Days Festival for their first time ever. The Twins Day Festival this year happens on uh, August 3rd to August 5th, just in case. In case we want to do a live show. Maybe. From Twin Day. Uh, so now Brianna and Brittany have met their double dose of Prince Charming. <laughs> did in you another... just make that up or did you read that? Uh, a little bit of both. Okay. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I did read it. It's that first line of the story right there. Oh, double, double dose, dose of, Prince, of Prince, Prince Charming. Charming. Yeah. So Brianna and Brittany are going to be married to Josh and Jeremy Salyers. Who are also identical twins. Okay. Um, that doesn't raise a red flag for you? Is, this seems is like it could thing? be the beginning of a very good true crime story, doesn't it? <laughs> Put Keith Morrison's voice on there. Oh, my. I think there's weirdness here. Like is it what? just me? That, that's a weirdness thing to me. It's a weird thing. Explain. It's one thing to be like a set of sisters, a couple of sisters... Who are not identical marry a pair of brothers who are not identical, or even, or even one set is identical and the other is not. That I could see, but identical twins marrying identical twins could potentially lead to some confusion at some. Well, this po- this could, this could just be the beginning Awkward because points. they're going to have a joint wedding. Nope. And they're going to have a bunch of twins from the festival at the joint wedding. Everyone's going to have cocktails. And there's going to be all sorts of twins getting... Twinny. Twinny. They're going to be paired off. Now, what I would love to see, if that's the case, I would love to see the bride side has one seating chart and the groom side has the identical seating chart. So when the brides and grooms look out from the altar and they see both sides... They look on one side, and it's identical to the other side of the room. You're making my head hurt a little bit. Oh, why? You put, you sit one twin on that side and one twin on that side and make the seating chart identical. Oh, I see. Well, it's not just twins that are invited. Oh. It's not like a twin purity wedding. We had identical triplets at my junior high school. Oh, wow. One in a million. They were like Bonnie, Ronnie, and Donnie or were something Were they all like very that. different? No, they were all very, they were exactly the same. No, they mean, all dressed the same. They all walked around the same. Their personalities? Same circle of friends. Oh, interesting. No. That's all. And they were best friends with the pair of identical twins. Identical triplets. Identical twins. I think I'm pancake drunk. I haven't even had pancakes yet. All right, coming up next, Swamp Watch. We dive into all the latest news out of Washington. Today, we're learning President Trump has picked his campaign manager for 2020. Gary and Shannon will continue. Drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. Swamp Watch. Gary and Shannon, on uh, the 12.30 segment every day, we get an opportunity to dive into uh, Washington, D.C., what's going on in the swamp there. And uh, there's a bunch going on. Number one, uh, one of the big headline deals was that the president has finally struck some sort of an informal deal, is what they're calling it, with Boeing for the new Air Force One planes. He had uh, touted his ability to uh, create 
uh, renegotiate better deals with all of these government contracts. And uh, he said that the contract is going to save taxpayers more than $1.4 billion because there is a new fixed price contract for the Air Force One program. Uh, they said that the there was an estimate early on of over $5 billion for a couple of Air Force Ones and all the related costs that go with it, but that they negotiated down a deal to $3.9 billion. So... He said, I think Boeing is doing a bit of a number. We want Boeing to make a lot of money, but not that much money, he said at the time in December <laughs> of a couple of years ago. I'm not sure I want them to skimp on Air Force One. Uh... Well, it just goes back to how much money companies charge the government to get things done because they know that government workers in large part, especially ones in power, aren't paying attention to the bottom line, right? Yeah. We'll just we'll pay for whatever it costs kind of thing. Uh, The president has tapped Republican digital strategist Brad Parscale to serve as his campaign manager on his 2020 re-election campaign. This is no shock. Of course, the president filed re-election forms almost immediately after he was sworn in. He's kept a campaign office in Trump Tower. This guy served as digital strategist on his campaign in 2016, has remained in the inner circle since. They say he plays a key role overseeing Trump's advertising strategy and reaching out to prospective supporters on social media. You know, I don't remember there being much of a to-do about the digital campaign for for, for then-candidate Trump. I remember it being a big deal because didn't Jared Kushner have a big a role in uh, in spreading the digital campaign and making well, sure it thought, had a grassroots but, effort and all that? Yeah, but I don't remember this name. I don't either. Brad I don't either. Parscale. Well, the president took to Twitter today. Twit, twit, twit. What do you think he just tweeted? Sit back, relax, and enjoy my tweets. Not a surprise, of course. Uh, he did say, I've been skeptical about the collusion and obstruction claims for the last year. He's quoting Jonathan Turley. I just don't see the evidence in terms of the collusion. It's all a bit implausible based on the evidence we have. Uh, Judge Kenneth Starr is also quoted in another tweet. We've seen no evidence of collusion. I've seen nothing. The firing of James Comey and all of the aftermath, that suggests the president has obstructed justice because he's exercising power as the president of the United States. I just don't see it. And then in all caps, a few minutes later, he wrote, witch hunt. Well, that's interesting because Hope Hicks, White House communications director, refused to answer some of the questions that the House Intelligence Committee had for her, referring to her time to the, uh, or pertaining to her time while she's at the White House. Congressman Mike Quigley, a Democrat from Illinois, told CNN that she was not answering questions in this closed-door session about her time serving the president, uh, whether, whether it was in the White House or during the transition. Uh, she, he says, tongue-in-cheek, because he knows what he's doing here, I have less hope (laughs) that we'll get to all the answers. No one is asserting privilege. They're following the orders of the White House not to answer certain questions. And again, this is a voluntary, voluntary is probably not the right word, but she is going there without a subpoena, without having been subpoenaed. And she was originally supposed to go last month, but had to have it postponed. There has been also uh, a heated argument perhaps between the house intelligence committee members and former white house chief of staff or sorry former white house chief strategist steve bannett 
So there doesn't know they haven't said exactly what it is that she might have to answer to. Uh, although she has been with the president for a long time and was a big part of the campaign as well. I think her most interesting stuff is probably the whole conversation about uh, Rob Porter and uh, what sort of background checks and and security clearances were available to a guy who had a couple of domestic violence incidents in his past. First Lady Melania has fired the first advisor she hired. We told you about this advisor, I believe, last week because there were several of the stuffy Washington types that did not not like this woman traipsing about the West Wing as if she owned the place. Her name is Stephanie Walkoff, and she was a former Vogue special event planner, very big in society, New York society. Um, she helped stage the Met Gala. She was a fashion director for the Lincoln Center. And it looks like she, her firm received $26 million in payments to help plan Trump's inauguration. $26 million. The whole cost of it was about $100 million. Now, his inauguration may have drawn fewer people than President Obama's. Don't tell him that, though. But the parties cost twice as much including expenses on promotional gifts that topped $500,000. Yeah, her firm raked in $26 million, and they went ahead and terminated her contract last week, probably so no one would run any more numbers, because she, she worked with them on about 18 events. So. And, and she wasn't being paid by, a, you know, by taxpayers. She wasn't getting a salary no, the, for her advising by the, role. By the committees. Right. The various- so there's a weird little... Again, the the appearance of impropriety at least should have been seen long ago, but it wasn't. When we come back, more Swamp Watch stuff, including a couple of members of Congress um, are concerned. One of them, uh, there was a sexting scandal in Arizona, and another one has taken the president's call to arm some teachers to heart and is actually giving away some guns. We'll talk about that when we come back. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. <laughs> Gary and Shannon. We talked uh, earlier today about uh, the president coming out to California next month. He's going to take a tour of those wall prototypes down near San Diego. Also attend a uh, fundraiser, Republican fundraiser here in Los Angeles sometime in the middle of next month. I think the details still being hammered out. Well, we've seen this before. Uh, how many times has a lawmaker been caught sending salacious texts to someone and then saying, it wasn't me. I didn't. That's not. I would never. I'm pouring through these texts. And? And I have yet to find something inappropriate. Well, uh, did you find the topless one of uh, Stephanie Halford? Nope. Oh, well, there's that in there somewhere. Steve Montenegro is a former state senator in Arizona. And... uh When these texts were originally uh, uh, reported upon, he denied all of it and said that it's a false tabloid trash. And then admitted late last week that he did exchange salacious text messages with the legislative staffer over several months, including a topless photo from the woman, which he later on said he never asked for, did not solicit the nude photograph. 
and said that he did not have any sort of inappropriate relationship with this woman. Yeah, Although, I got to say, I'm going through these. And, of course, you don't see the topless one, but in none of them does he act. It's just kind of like you're talking, you're texting with uh, with someone you work with. I don't know. It talking even to her about his favorite restaurant. Overly chummy. It, it may hit the edge of it may be inappropriate, like if you if think that, about it that way. Not that you look through your husband's phone, but if you did and you saw this, what would your reaction be? So far, nothing. Oh. I, but I, I haven't read all of them, but it's just chit-chat. It's idle chit-chat. Well, the interesting thing is this is the special election to uh, fill, I think it's Trent, not Trent, like, what's the guy's name? Trent Franks. Trent Franks, yep. that's his name, uh, to, to fill in his, the remainder of his term, which will come up in uh, November. There will be another election in November for the actual uh, full term. And right now, Steve Montenegro is basically tied in the polls with Debbie Lasko for the Republican primary. And there's a lot of concern that somehow this will play out a lot like the Roy Moore situation did running for Senate. And uh, he, Steve Montenegro, at least up until these texts came out or the story of these texts, had lined up endorsements from Trent Franks, from Senator Ted Cruz, uh, in fact, it was the, the Ted Cruz pack that boosted him in TV ads. Okay, I kind of got some, uh, I got a, a couple. It's heating up a little things. bit, huh? Good morning, sunshine. Uh-oh. That's kind of weird. Yeah. You don't want your colleague texting you that. No. I think uh, if I wrote you something like that, it would it would consti- it would be constituted of one word, and it would say, hey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, she asked if he was ready to be governor and asked his platform. And then she says, well, you can always run on how much more attractive you are. Uh-huh. And he responds, you made me blush. Uh, yeah. Now that would raise questions in your mind, wouldn't it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Just making sure. That would raise uh, weapons in my house. Um, even- just kidding. That was just a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Don't stand down, uh, authorities. Even if a Democrat did beat Montenegro in this special election, it would still be up in the general election in November when Republicans in general, just sort of unnamed with an R behind their name, would most likely be favored to win it back. President Trump won that district, uh, by, I think, by 20 points or something like that in the presidential election. Uh, there was also, he's not the only one. I mentioned that he's running against Debbie Lesko, and she is uh, tied with him in the polls, basically. There's somebody else who has come out and said that Lesko's campaign steered $50,000 from her state Senate account into the political action committee that's supporting her congressional bid, and that that would constitute money, uh, money laundering. So neither one of them So what, is, you got to take your pick, huh? I guess. You got an inappropriate texter or a money launderer. And that they, sounds like a, a Tuesday. A lot of this. Deciding who's going to be our elected officials. A lot of the uh, the absentee ballots were mailed out at the end of January. So the, a lot of people voted before either one of these stories hit the news. Representative Stephen Long out of South Carolina, Republican, announced yesterday he's going to host a drawing to give away three nine millimeters to teachers. Give away three Smith & Wesson 9 millimeters. one to a K-12 through teacher, school staff member, a school administrator, one to a higher education, uh, same, and one to any freedom-loving patriot who wishes to participate in the drawing. Drawing winners will also receive a free class to learn how to properly use the gun and earn their concealed weapons permit. I wonder what that's like in South Carolina. 
Oh. In, in, in California. Do you even have to show up? Well, <laughs> I don't know. In California, it's pretty uh, onerous to try to get a, uh, a CCW. But he says we must do everything we can to ensure the safety of children in schools, both K-12 and our higher education, allowing teachers or school staff members to carry is the most efficient and most effective way to do this. Uh, last week, the president, of course, came out in favor of possibly arming some teachers, those who have some military or special training experience, and also floated the idea of paying a teacher a bonus if, in fact, they choose to carry on campus to try to protect kids. So, Did you see the story also about the umbrella? Oh, my gosh. This is so asinine. Like you said earlier in the program, and we've said time and time again, if you want to go after this president, there are is a whole basket of things. You can take your pick. But to harp on the ridiculous is just makes you look silly. That, so he's, he's go ahead. No, I was going to say, MSNBC loves picking on this guy. He boarded Air Force One. He's got a huge umbrella, okay, because it's, it's rainy and it's windy. And then Baron, the 11-year-old son, is seen just feet behind him. He doesn't have a raincoat. He doesn't have an umbrella. And then Melania is a little bit behind Barron. She, too, as MSNBC writes, has nothing to shield her from the elements. <laughs> so the, the picture of the president with this big umbrella uh, is making the rounds on Twitter and other social media. And people are writing things like classic behavior, the type of person that would rush in to stop a mass shooter. Trump couldn't even bother to put his child in front of him under the umbrella to keep the rain off Barron. It's like, oh, for the love of God. And the video itself was in January. That's when the video is taken. But Lawrence O'Donnell uh, cares? scrambles through to find his it. His 11-year-old son appears behind him. The son he left behind in the rain because protecting his hair is more important than protecting his son. He also left his third and current wife behind him in the rain. She's used to that. She handled it the way she always does, as if she and Donald Trump are just two strangers. Again, that that's what you're going to do? Come on. That's really bottom of the barrel it's stuff. Just, it's cheap shot that you don't need to take. Exactly. Uh, anyway, we do have the video up on the website if you want to check it out and make fun of it as well. Coming up next, pancakes and stickers. Oh. We'll tell you how to get both. Gary and Shannon will be back right after this.